It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The apocalypse approaches. Looking forward to it, old father. On our command, the world governments will lose their nuclear arsenals and the world will be made anew. Nuclear? End of the world. As ordained. I... I thought that meant a run on the banks. Only fire can separate the true believer from the false. Only fire and pave the way for our Lord. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Are you a true believer, Star? Of course I am. Are you, though? I serve the Holy Child and his tap-dancing majesty. Then let's talk about Jesse Custer. Welcome to Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 118. Scott is still off on his month-long vacation. Actually, Scott's going to be gone again next week, too. And then I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Yeah, why is Scott gone again next week? Because he doesn't get home till like, oh Tuesday. Oh, my God. Next week is the <laughs> mid-season finale for Preacher. And then the week after that, we start the mid-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Next next week? No, the week after. Oh, okay, okay. Because we can't be having everybody gone. Well, we are. Oh, man. I don't know what we're going to do. All right, well, anyways, we're here. <laughs> I think and you that's... need to go away somewhere. <laughs> no, I do need to go away somewhere. <laughs> I don't get to do that. All right, so what are you guys drinking? I've got uh, Reformation Brewery's uh, Orin India Pale Ale, which is a new one I hadn't seen before. And that's actually, it's quite delicious. That's a good one. I haven't had that one. It just just came out. No. Oh. Okay. You're not just. No. Get away. Not. Dip. Dip. All right. I've got Creature Comforts Brewing Company out of Athens, Georgia. I'm drinking their Bebo Pilsner. Bibo. Bebo. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. And I like the train. The the train. The can. I don't know where that came from. It's kind of trippy. Looks like money. <laughs> Yeah, and Reformation Brewery is actually out of Woodstock, Georgia. It is? Yeah. That's just north, 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 west, northwest. northwest of us. Northwest of Roswell. It's about 30 minutes of here. There's really here. almost nothing else there. Yeah, but they I've have already, good beer. I've already had two glasses of wine. Oh, hello. All so, right, this should be interesting. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we are here to recap Preacher, Season 3, Episode 6, Les Enfants du Sang. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. I was been practicing. The Children of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> they packed a ton into this episode. And it, yeah, it was good. And then we also got to see uh, Eugene come back, mm, which right. was kind of a big question mark. So we saw him come back at the beginning when he's trying to... Um, Oh, I don't know. Come to come to grips with why God did this to him and why he sent him to hell and why he's back and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the All Father stuff was great. Uh, I especially liked um, Air Star's reaction to <laughs> the actual <laughs> the actual purpose of the Grail, which was kind of revealed, uh, but not not kind of his what, where he was taking it. And um, yeah, I thought it was an awesome episode for sure. I actually like this episode better than the last one. And I think it's because there were so many bits of the story that were involved instead of just focusing on one main topic. So the All Father stuff and the Holy the Grail stuff was probably my favorite parts. And for the first time, there was a scene where I just could not watch. Even when I watched it the second time, I could not watch it. And I had to hide my eyes with my hands. When he made himself vomit? Yes. <laughs> because that was pretty awful because i'm a sympathy vomiter and that might have happened yeah that took a while to clean up and even afterwards (laughs) when he's got it on his chin oh my god that's awful like Uh, i just ate shrimp and grits and i'm not feeling good right now oh that was actually the worst part is when he brought the horse in was that a horse like was it really a horse I think so. I think so. And he started cutting into it, and uh, all the blood was coming Ugh, out. Don't even. I can't even. <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> yeah. That was I do, absolutely disgusting. Well, with how he built it up, since we're talking about that so much, <laughs> or do did you have some more comments? No, on that okay. was it. Okay, but the way he built it up so much, I was wondering, is there something else that, uh, that Airstar had that he would have killed other than a horse? It had to have been a horse. It was huge. Did Airstar own that horse? No, I'm just saying. The way he was building it up, he was talking about how um, the horse was left behind, right? Yeah. Or whatever. But it was horse. a small Or he creature. killed his horse. No, it was, it was pretty big, dude. You think so? Yeah, yeah. That was, I was yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. like Shetland pony size. Maybe. No, it was pretty large. Whatever it was, it looked nasty. Yeah, the whole thing was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> But my favorite line was, your head looks like a penis. Yes. <laughs> what happened to his head? I don't know. That's I don't what, know. Cause I don't remember either. Remember when I was talking last week, we, I said that he seems to be trying out new hats? And you said, oh, well, there's only two. Well, then he shows up with a different hat this time. And I think yeah. in the previews, he's got even another hat, yeah, the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he got knocked out, but I don't remember him getting like split in the head, right? He got knocked out before mm-hmm. um two episodes ago when he was fighting with jesse right yeah so i'm not <laughs> sure what the split in the head thing was but unless he got knocked out so bad they had to relieve pressure on his brain or something i don't know they made a pretty big deal of it and and it doesn't seem like anybody else that he works closely with knew about it and he right. was hiding it with his hat so i'm not sure what was going on there the hats are funny though this episode is the first time where i felt like air star is Someone I can relate to. Not someone I can relate to. He's no, brought no, no, no. down but to he's... a more human level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's... Yeah, yes. and I, I actually like his character after this episode. He was really funny. Well, it's kind of like when he was first doing his tryouts, mm-hmm. and they were running him through the paces, 
They, you you're kind of getting that more of like that, well, just normal evil guy <laughs> back um, versus him being all kind of high and mighty. But not even the evil guy. Like when All Father is telling him what the grand the plan is, <laughs> and he says, you know, we got to go, go through the nuclear war option. Yes. And he's like, oh, shit, no, that's not what we need to do at all. And he says, oh, Jesus Christ, because he realized how crazy this guy is. Right. Because he's going to end the world. Their whole, their, because I think Air Star's purpose is to uh, get control of the world, you know, rule the world. And that's what he, th- I think he thinks that the purpose of the Grail is, is to be the one that's like ruling the earth through God, whatever that might be, because I, he, I mean, from the start, we we don't think the Air Star really believes in any of this shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, when he finds out Allfather's talking about, because he, what was his comment? He said, I thought that meant a run on the banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when the Allfather is uh, revealing that, yeah, he's he's looking at for all out um, global annihilation. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, exactly. Because he thinks that's the only way Jesus is going to come back, is if everybody dies. Okay, so... Again, this goes back to what I was talking about last week. So All Father thinks the only way Jesus is going to come back is through the fire, right? Does mm. he mean, he means Humperdoo, Jesus? I don't think so. No, 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 no. No, I think Humperdoo is just a symbol for them to put out in front of people to get people to believe, to show faith to God. So where, what yeah. role does Humperdoo play? Uh, he's just that, he's the symbol of God on earth. So does Humperdoo get brought out before or after the Annihilation? No, but I get your question, though. Is it, like, it, because what, what we talked about that last time, too, is what is the purpose of Humperdoo, really? Is it because he is lineage of Jesus. the original Messiah, that he's going to be the Messiah that actually saves them? Right. Even though he might tap dance them into glory. Or could he possibly be the reason that people go into nuclear war because they've lost faith in religion? Because he's writing with shit on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) And not all of it is his, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, is that what they said? Oh, okay. She said most of it's his. (laughs) What did he write? write... Humperdue. Okay. Humperdue is something. (laughs) Oh, man, that's disgusting. Brings it kind of gives you that appetite for more horse. Ugh, no, it really doesn't. <laughs> but the scenes with Air Star and Hoover in the elevator mm. were also quite hilarious. Hoover is still one of my favorite characters in the show because he's so like straight laced and matter of fact. And then <laughs> it made me laugh when. Airstar's like, what is taking so long with mm-hmm. the elevator? He's like, oh, I forgot to push the button. He's Right after he had said, I'm really depending on you. <laughs> yeah, he goes through that entire diatribe and we find, oh, yeah, they aren't even moving yet. Mm-hmm. This episode really made me laugh a lot. And I think a lot of the other ones haven't really done that for me, so I, I really like this episode. Well, I think it's getting away from the Angelville stuff so much, because the Angelville stuff's pretty dark, even though like TC's pretty funny. Jody's not necessarily a funny guy. Grandma's definitely not funny. No. Um, so yeah, when the, when you have more stuff that with dealing with Cassidy or dealing with Air Star and the Grail people, so T- TC has his very important moments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, super awesome! 
Okay, so since we're talking about Cassidy, what do you guys think of the Children of the Blood now that they've revealed a little bit more about the cult? Or is it a cult? Like, or is it just a bunch of crazy people? Uh, Which I guess could be the same. It's Yeah, it's a vampire club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're fan club for their actual vampire, which we find out that he's the real deal. And uh, all and his, I have to say, his skills were all pretty awesome. Yeah, impressive, definitely. But the I, I you know the fact that uh, I, I think um, Cassidy you know sees this guy as a complete poser imposter. He says poser, and in fact, he I think he corrected him on how how poser was pronounced. Yes, it's at not one point. poser. Yeah, he's like it's poser. <laughs> Uh, but he sees him as like this big pirate guy, you know. It's like this ridiculously clothed, um, you know, fake who's who's playing the the part of what people have always written about as being a vampire. Mm-hmm. And so Cassie's like, "That's not the way it is," and does not believe that there's any uh, any positive out of actually being the vampire. So you know, this guy's telling him, "Well, maybe you've been doing it wrong the whole time." So I thought it was cool that he was like revealing all this stuff and. Cassidy was kind of turning, but he still was like not sold in the fact that the way you get all those abilities is that you're turning people. But is that the way that you're actually getting all these abilities? He, he alluded to it. He's like, well, that's how you're getting is because you're getting fresh blood from these people. Yeah, but wouldn't have wouldn't Cassidy have heard about this stuff before? Does he not know any other vampires to like check his facts? With? Obviously not. I mean, he's figured well, out the basics and how to survive. Um, you know, I mean, he's obviously not too worried about the fact that he gets chopped up and thrown in a box. He's, <laughs> you know, kind of yelling at Jesse about it when he took him to FedEx that one time. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's been no one to kind of show him the ways of, of all this stuff, I guess. Well, even Acarius said that he wanted Cassidy to stay around because he wanted a friend. Which makes me believe that he doesn't even have people around him that know the old ways. But then, like, what happens to all the guys that he's turning? Where do they go? Because you don't, don't really see right. any of those people in that basement. Grandma's basement. Meemaw's basement. Well, we're assuming that he's turning them. Well, we know he's turning them, but where are they going? Well, wouldn't they then be his vampire friends? Mm-hmm. I mean, but they're, I get your point. But they're like children. They don't know the ways yet. They don't know what... They're like Dennis. Like, Dennis didn't know how to control himself yet. Yeah. After he was turned. They've got to be taught. Right? Like I don't know. That part was a little weird to me because, yeah, I mean, Cassidy obviously didn't know what he was doing either. Yeah. So it's like, isn't he training these people just like he'd be training Cassidy? I mean, Cassidy's been around, what, like 119 years, I guess? Or 89 something? years. Oh, was it 89? Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Nonetheless, Acarius is like a pretty badass because, so first of all, he's royalty. He says he's the ninth earl, what is it, the ninth earl of Saxon on the Thames or something? Yes. All I remember is the Thames part. And he swallowed that poor owl. Yeah, that was... That was disgusting. Pretty wicked. I felt bad for the owl. Did you? I did. I felt bad for his throat. Yeah. that had to hurt. That had to hurt. (laughs) And then... Sharp, sharp stuff on owls. Not only can he fly, but he can also dodge things when uh, Cassidy's trying to punch him. And he's like, what's that word I'm looking for? That movie? <laughs> the movie you're thinking about is The Matrix. The Matrix. Thank yes. you. Yes. But, anyways, he's got lots of cool shit that he can do. 
He has cool shit, and uh, the thing he was really impressed with was oh, how he turned... Oh, mind reading. Yeah. Or not, mind he, influence. Yeah, he turned that woman. He's like, pretty woman, come over here. Yeah. And Cassie's like, oh, shit. Like, I could use that one. Yeah. But I, I liked his line where he's like, there's a lot of other high, ways to get high other than that, after they were flying, because he was, like, jealous of the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said something about engine fluid or something. Oh, Yeah. Engine coolant. Right, 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 right. I think it's pretty funny <laughs> that their little club meets in the basement of Mrs. Rosen's house. Yeah. And they have to use yeah, and they have to use her as cover for anybody that's that comes looking for them. Yes, interlopers. Interlopers, yeah, that's the word. That that whole scenario is funny, especially when. Uh, Cassidy just got fed up. He's like, you guys are a bunch of losers. <laughs> he's like, are you kidding me? Because she came downstairs. He's like, Meemaw, I got friends over. <laughs> she was coming down with the laundry. He, yeah, he's like a Dungeons and Dragons type of kid. Just never leaves home. And then you see Cassidy in scenes later on. And he's wearing her um, house coat. Yeah, her house coat. That was While funny. While washing, he's washing his clothes. Yeah, but that's a freaking awesome basement. It's pretty big. All dungeon-like. Yeah, very dungeon-like, yes, yes. But, okay, so the process of turning seems to be very different than what we're used to as well in other vampire-type stories because he, Acarius bit the guy, I think his name is Ding or Dang or something, Dong, I don't know, Dong? Yeah, Long long Duck Dong. It was Long Duck <laughs> long Dong. Long Duck Dong. <laughs> <laughs> but he bites him. There's no turning period. It's just immediate and he becomes a vampire or we think he becomes a vampire and he's he, automatically like i feel awesome he was just excited because yeah. yeah he got to throw his teeth in the aquarium i don't think anything actually happened to him at that point yeah he didn't die or anything so maybe maybe he's just drinking his their blood and not really turning them and making them think that they're turned maybe so i don't know that's Which is why they, we're not really seeing any other vampires they, yeah they don't really give us any more clues but the fact that he's going back there after all this after he goes on his uh, crack binge. So, you know, we'll see more of uh, Acarius, which I think is pretty cool. Well, he goes back because he's like, yeah, you have a lot to teach me and mm -hmm. you're one of me. Yeah. We're one of a kind. So I'm really excited to hear more about that group of people. And I think they're going to change up the story quite a bit. And I'm actually wondering if perhaps... They go on to help Jesse and Tulip get out of the situation with Angelville because I think they could do that. Yeah, they could. Yeah. No, that's a good thought. I didn't think about that. So let's move on to the Tulip situation, yeah. Tulip and Grandma situation. To Angelville. Yeah. Tulip was pretty awesome in this episode. She was like a bitch that you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. Well, wait, before we even get to Tulip. Um, isn't, don't we, uh, we have like the whole discussion with Jesse and Jody and TC about killing them both or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the scene opens with, um, Jesse knocked out and he's got the skull in the background and just debris all over the floor. And it's the same scene we see him in later on in the episode where he's knocked out again, but Tulip is strapped down in Grandma's study room, mm -hmm. and I guess we're supposed to get the impression that they are trying to steal her soul from her yeah. as revenge for her trying to kill 
grandma. Which they actually were because TC had had put his special um, numbing agent gas mask on her face, right? Which, can I just point out, it was a really fancy gas mask because it had the lace straps. Oh, Did yeah, maybe that? so. I don't know. Well, he's he's a kind man. It was really nice. <laughs> yes, it was nice. <laughs> I noticed that right away. <laughs> but he's he's bringing up the point that, um, uh, or Je- Jesse's bringing up the idea that listen, let's let's kill them both, and TC doesn't get it, but Jody gets it, so that you know they're gonna make it seem like uh, they kill off Grandma and Tulip, so that they can. Um, Trick Sabina, is that her name? Yes. Yep. Um, and and see if they can kind of bring her out and get some more souls for Grandma, because I guess that's the only thing that's going to help Grandma survive, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, which I don't understand how Jody got that, because I didn't get that when they were talking. Oh, that yeah, they're going to kill them both. Yeah, yeah. kill them. Visually kill them both. Mm-hmm. But great idea. Yeah, and then yeah, but then they they're gonna take Tulip is the one that's gonna come up with some idea to actually break into this bank because Jesse knows that that's kind of her specialty. So here's where I'm confused. Okay, so they say they're gonna break into the bank, and and Grandma says, well, the guys have tried it before and they've never gotten past the guards. Blah blah blah. But so okay, so every time Sabina takes a soul, it goes to the real money bank. And yes. gets put in a safety deposit box. But yeah, it's the bank of the bayou, right? Mm-hmm. Which is an actual bank, but it's also where they, they're storing the souls. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Which is what the, is on that case. It says bank of the bayou. It says I on thought the, that was Japanese. I thought it was the Japanese well, when they guys. When you opened it up, it had the Japanese inside, yes. Hmm. Well, when they actually... I know I'm going a little bit... No, I, under, I, I, I understand where it's... It, to me, it was a little confusing, too, because I thought that there was like another group of kind of underground guys that were holding on to all the souls. Right. They were the, their own bank. Maybe their shell cover is this bank of the bayou thing. Hmm. But they better get better at um, protecting their shit. Oh, because they said it was an Asian upgrade, right? Yes, they did. He did say it was an Asian That's upgrade. That's a good point. That's true. So maybe Sabina is working together. Yeah, if you remember when Tulip went over to Sabina's for the first the first time, which is that uh, motel that she was at, um, there were those guys that were counting stuff in the room, the kind of vestibule room right before it went into her room. Yeah, and they had those cases. They had those same black cases that the that one Japanese guy had. Yeah. So, I mean, they were probably loading it up to be taken over to the same bank, I guess. But they didn't use that same truck, which was the one that. Like, what was that, season two? Yeah, the one that the Saint of All Killers got thrown into the swamp in. Oh, right. Well, there you go. That's why you don't have the truck anymore. But that was the truck that, like, all the walls were just souls. Yeah. Where um, Jesse was trying to get his soul back from the guy. Isn't that yep. right? From that, mm-hmm. At that point? Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, it's all coming back now. Yeah. But still, the um, safety deposit boxes don't look big enough to hold stuff like that. Like, no. it just didn't... It didn't fit together with me when I was watching it. Well, you didn't see everything, I guess. I guess. I guess. But when Tulip walked into the bank, well, first of all, when Jesse's like, hell yeah, I remember that wig. When she had the blonde wig on? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was cute. And like, we all know that 
we know now because Scott brought it up before that Dominic Cooper and Ruth Nega were a couple in real life, but they're not anymore. But when that scene happened, it, it was it made me think like that's like a flashback to when they were together. Like yeah. that was like a genuine. Um, oh yeah, I remember reaction. that. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. When Tulip walked into the bank and she was looking all like nineteen fifties white girl, she was looking pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and apparently she cut her hair in this episode too, which I liked it better the way before last episode. Um, but anyways, yeah, so she basically goes in and starts casing the joint, which I thought was really cool because like you start seeing all the cameras that are on her and when she comes back to the car and she's relaying all this information to, um, Jody and TC and Jesse, it's like, how in the world did she have enough time or the wherewithal to see everything that they were well, doing? It's just, that's what she does. That's why she's good at what she does. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that TC then volunteered to give them more time if they needed to, and which is kind of left as a mystery as to what he's going to do, but you know it's not going to be good. So what exactly <laughs> Probably not did that he bad. Do? Huh? Did he just steal a goat or did he like he have went, sexual relations with He went pantsless to the petting zoo. Which he's obviously done before. Which was great because they're in pursuit to go to the bank. And they're like, uh, yes, a, a male went to the petting zoo. And they're like, well, we're heading to the bank. There's a robbery. And like, well, I don't think you understand. It's TC. And they turn right around because <laughs> it's obviously a recurring problem. He was also wearing an ankle monitor. Did yes, you yes. Yeah. So I think, I think that was another clue as to it being a recurring problem. Yeah, TC is being monitored. That image of him running down the street with the goat and he's naked and yes. it's all blurred out, but you can still see yeah, stuff Yeah, you're moving. still seeing some floppage. That was a little disturbing. <laughs> that was very disturbing, actually. <laughs> and he was smiling. <laughs> <laughs> he was having a good time. That's my question, why? <laughs> that was good. So Unexpected. Jody went back to the hotel and killed probably just about everybody there. Mm -hmm. Did he do that out of revenge? He Well, yeah, he did probably because um, um, Madame Langell told him to do it. Because remember, she kept whispering to him like mm -hmm. before all this was happening. And I'm sure she was giving him orders to what he was supposed to do because she wants him to go get Sabina. Actually, I was going to say, he kidnapped Sabina that during that, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, correct. All right. I totally did not even put that together. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to kill everybody. Because in the next scenes, the whole thing is that they're setting it up to be like, oh, they're going to take Tulip's soul anyways. Because she says, go, we'll set her up. And you think it's Tulip that's getting set up because they actually show Tulip bound in a chair. And it's not. It's Sabina that's getting her soul taken out. Because they even show the needle going in her arm. Yeah. And, uh, and everything. And you still think it's Tulip. Right. So That makes total sense now. And it was surprising that Jesse comes in and just shoots her and says she's useless now. A person without her soul is useless. Yeah, but even before that, Grandma was like, she's a fighter. She'll be good to fight down in the tomb. Yeah, so she, she was going to use her for something. So she. The hmm. other people in the tombs, does that mean that those are people that they had removed the souls of and then they just threw them in the tombs afterwards? Yeah, yeah, generally. They either had their souls removed or uh, there were ones that couldn't pay the debt. Hmm. 
to Madame Langeau. But they, when they go down there, remember they had them on that little carousel, and they said, uh, "Who Who's, here wants to pay their debt? Who wants who to pay wants their to get debt?" Their soul back. Yep. And they're all like, "Oh!" And that one guy came forward, and he was like, "No, no, you haven't been here long enough. You just got here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of awful. Well, it is kind of awful. <laughs> It's kind of really bad. You're right, but it's just all coming together. <laughs> yep. I think this is why what this is one of my favorite episodes because a lot I, of stuff's getting answered. Yeah, a lot of stuff's getting answered, and again, I think we're not focusing quite so much on the um, the the dark dunginess of Angelville. We see like there's maybe some hope to them finding some escape from this as well. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like yeah, it's, it, from the start of the season, it seems like they can't go anywhere else. Yeah. So I'm excited to see them get out of here and go somewhere else, honestly. But also figure out what you know what's going on. I mean, you're learning a little bit more about, you know, especially about TC, which I think is the best part. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I think Jody's going to, I mean, Jody's still got a large part to play, too, I think. There's totally. more to him. There's a lot more to him because you remember from our earlier discussions, because I know you listen to all our podcasts. <laughs> But we were talking about how uh, Jody was the one that um, uh, killed his dad. First, that was the first season, right? When yeah. we see in uh, Anvil, and the guy shows up and he's got the tattoo with the skull and the star, which is from Angelville, from the ranch, and he's the one that ended up killing his dad. And I think they brought it up again, uh, sort of hinted. They hinted at it when um, they're in the cab of the truck, and Jesse. Yeah. Said something about his mom's name. I can't remember her name. But Jody punched him in the face. So I only bring this up because Scott completely disagrees with me and thinks that Jody is a completely flat, useless character. (laughs) But we discussed that last (laughs) time. So I'm just going to get, while he's gone, I'm going to keep ramming that home. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Not like TC did with that goat. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that goat looked pretty happy too though did it, it, was did, yeah, it was a happy goat it was a, well he was running he was running he had a big smile on his face not sure if tc is gonna have enough time to do what he wanted to do but if he had just stayed there <laughs> he could have done a lot of them yeah that's true that's true i still i still think he's one of the best characters of the season too i agree with that i think he's awesome he's freaking hilarious yeah well, the, I mean, the only thing that we hadn't really talked about was um, Eugene. Oh. A little bit more about, um, again, he's trying to find some purpose for why he was released from hell. How and sad. He's, and he's in an orphanage. Well, even before that, just how sad is it that he returns and he tries to go home and he's standing on this ledge and just sees nothing. Oh, yeah, because Anvil blew up. Yeah, although you can tell, you can see the church steeple in the middle of the pit, which... Oh, was it? Doesn't make sense as in, like, the location of where everything was, because we know that no, the church it's... was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's symbolic. Oh, right, 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 because the whole town blew up. Gotcha. Yeah. But maybe it just fell into the center of the town. I don't know. Um, and then you can see the road on the other side of the pit, and then you just see debris everywhere. Yeah. And the funny thing, too, is that the um, the electrical lines are still popping. Yeah. You know... It's been like a year. 
Well, you know, they were had all that power coming from all that methane and stuff that was happening. So I don't know. I maybe, it, maybe it hasn't dispersed quite so much. Mm. It still looked. It was still steaming. It couldn't have been that long, right? I'm just saying we're on season three. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it has. I don't know what the timeline is. <laughs> I don't remember them celebrating Christmas, so I can't. I can't tell. I don't think they celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Although the one thing I was hoping that was, was you would see a glimpse of that guy that was in the uh, costume, and I, we didn't see him. I was looking for him. Were I you? paused the the image. What was he in? Like a big gopher costume? Go, yeah, or groundhog. He was, he a, was ground, a groundhog. Okay. I paused the image and I was looking for him and I couldn't find him. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping to see. I him. I was hoping to see him floating in one of the pools. Yeah, or like cr- crawling out of the pit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was the that was the cool part to see him show up again. But yeah, it was depressing that okay, he he thinks that he's released only to come back to find his town is gone. And um then he ends up in that orphanage and is adopted by the saint of all killers. Saint of all killers. But it, did you see the sign on the orphanage? No. Lone Star Orphanage oh, inventory yeah. low make us an offer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like an old school orphanage, but it was also like older kids too. What is he supposed to be like, 16 or 17, something like that? I know, that other kid was in his 20s. It just all seems super sad, especially with that that story the other kid gave him about everybody dying in his family and how he kept getting pushed around Mm -hmm. until he ended up there. How horrible. And telling him that he's ugly. Like, fuck you, asshole. Well, he is kind of ugly. He's not ugly. I mean, that's, you can't really get past that. You yeah, I mean, say the on. word ugly. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't say ugly to him, to his face. But I might, probably should. <laughs> but the story comes around to uh, find that he's he's actually going to see Hitler, I guess, next. Next episode, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right, that's right. But when Eugene is talking to the Saint of All Killers, and he's... Like, right before he says, can you put me down because my chest hairs are hurting? Oh, yeah, you're Which pulling on my chest hairs. super funny. The Saint of All Killers looks different than he did in the other episodes. Well, first of all, he looks dead now because he's got, like, bruising on his face. He looks more like a zombie to me. Okay. But he looked kind of surprised when Eugene was like... Can you put me down? Well, he just... <laughs> well, Eugene was just so positive and upbeat about everything. Because he doesn't scare him. Right, and then when they're walking, he's like, yeah, let's keep walking. Let's see where this story leads us. And the saint is like, uh, okay. Well, he says it leads us to hell. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of proud of Eugene that he's kind of, like, gotten over his fear of stuff. Well, he's just, he's too innocent to be smart, unfortunately. He's too innocent to, he's too ignorant to know what's going on. I wouldn't say that he's not smart, though. You could, yeah, you could almost die here, and what you're worried about right now is that your chest hairs are hurting. But don't you think it's more, or it could be more like, he's already been to hell, he's already lived through that, what else could the St. Paul no. killers do to him? I don't think It's going to be worse. I don't think so. Hmm? No, I, 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 I think it's, it's his, it's his innocence. It's his, I mean, it's his kind, it's constant, like, bubbly, positive nature, mm-hmm. even though he's, like, surrounded by death and in hell. You know, I mean, he's he's Christian, right? He knows what hell is, and yet it's not that big of a deal when he's even down there. It's he's he's happy to have escaped, but he's not like screaming scared that he's going to hell either. Right. 
I mean, hell's, you know, kind of its own funny little place. To me, it seems like the way life is now, that life on Earth would probably be worse than life in hell. I mean, but he didn't even say anything like, where's my dad when he was at Angelville? I mean, not Angelville. Um, What's the place? Um, hell? No, the name of the town. Anvil? Anvil, thank you. That is so confusing. When he was at Anvil, he didn't say anything like, oh my God, my family's gone. What happened to my family? My house is gone. Stuff like that. But it seems like life is worse on Earth because he has nothing left. He has no family, no friends, nothing. No mm-hmm. life to go back to. Whereas in hell, he at least had people. All right, well, I think that's it. So we're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll do our hits and misses. hits and misses Stuart, do you have a hit oh uh yeah my hit is uh the all father simply for the the reaction that uh kim had to him (laughs) especially when he threw up everywhere Mm. i think um he's you know he's got to he i was questioning how how um much relevance he was gonna have but obviously i mean you know he's gonna play a huge part because he's a huge man (laughs) and um He's got such cringe-worthy uh, moments that I think it, it, stuff like that for a character in, in this show is, I think, very important. Well, even that Air Star is kind of afraid of him. Yeah, yeah. And when he says to Hoover that he makes him look like a conscientious objector. <laughs> well, when they show, I don't think we even talked about it, the part where they he sat on the guy for, oh, yeah, touching, his, for touching his hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah Yeah, that that just won it for me right there (laughs) actually the throwing up part actually really that was the part that won it for me because it was it was absolutely awful but i was like oh that's perfect how come nobody's tried to kill this guy before though i'm like he can't move very fast you might lose your weapon in him yeah you could do that (laughs) but i don't see the pope being as bad as the all-father the pope through history, I mean, was, you know, in control of other, like, whole nations. Mm-hmm. You know, with, like, Spain and Portugal and, like, you know, he would say, the Pope would say, okay, well, if you guys are warring over these colonies, you take this and you take that. And if you don't like it, the Pope's going to bring his own military together and fight you over it. You know, so it's like, that's kind of the all-father. You know, he he has this power, not of just himself, but... He can rain down hell on you if he needs to. Yeah. Um, So my hit is when Tulip called Cassidy and he's in the crack house. And Tulip's just calling to check in. How you doing? Everything okay? And then she's like talking about everything that they've been up to lately and talks about um, how she killed grandma and robbing the bank and all that stuff. But the reason I like it is because Tulip loves Cassidy enough to stop what she's doing and check in on him and make sure that he's doing okay. Which proves that she really does love him as a friend and she cares about him and is worried about what could possibly be going on with him because she knows how fragile his psyche is, I Mm -hmm. guess. 
Well, yeah, and I liked I liked how she you know she reiterated that listen, this is a temporary thing. Yeah, we're you coming know, we're, for you. We're yeah. coming back for you. But what killed me was his line back when he's like, um, oh no, I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like, you know, there's you and Jesse. There's been thousands of you, and there's going to be thousands more. And I don't wait wait around for people. I mm-hmm. move on. That was so heartbreaking. Well, he'd been smoking crack all day. He was probably pretty down on himself. Totally. <laughs> so my miss is that we had to get rid of Sabina so fast because I thought she had a lot more to give us. I was really hoping that they would have teamed up with her. That's true. That's true. That was pretty surprising that she got killed off so quickly. Yeah, and especially that Jesse's the one that did it. Yeah. And he put two bullets in her head like it was nobody's business. I thought that was unfortunate. So, all right, now you got to come up with a miss. Oh, my miss. I don't really have any miss on this one. I really right. don't. I, I actually do. enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was great. I really don't have much. Of, I don't have anything. Because, I mean, I think a lot of the things that I even have question about, they're going to be moving on into the next episode and give us some answers on. Okay. So I don't, I don't know of anything that really bothered me too much on this. Well, I have a couple of not really honorable mentions, but things that I wanted to just touch on. Okay. And As that misses? is... No, 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 just, um, just other little tidbits, and that is the fact that... So these would be hits. Just listen. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, the fact that the All-Father was like, <laughs> so let's talk about Jesse Custer, and Airstar's face just, like, falls. He's like, Oh, Fuck. right, 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 yeah. Which he had brought up before when he was in, uh, what the hell was it? Mesita or something? Yeah. Yep. That tourist town. That you looked up on the internet. Yeah, I forgot about that already. <laughs> so, so Air, uh, not Airstar, uh, All Father knows something. We don't know what he knows, but it's probably not good. Masada. Masada. And then my other thing is that when Cassidy is at his lowest and he's been smoking crack all day, he goes back to Miss Rosen's house to get back in with the um, children of blood. blood. Is that yes. what they're called? Yeah. And then she's like, I'm making some blondies. Everybody's going to be so excited to see you. Oh, that's the part that made, that was my miss. What? I don't what? know what a blondie is. I can tell you what a blondie is. Okay. Because I looked it up. It's a butterscotch flavored brownie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'd Which be excited I for that Which I used to eat too. all the time. And they're super yummy. And I didn't know that's what they were called. I just like that uh, Cassidy, I mean, he hasn't. How do I explain it? Like, they're not really <laughs> friends yet, but he feels a connection with Icarus just because he is a vampire. Mm-hmm. And he wants to learn more from him or at least just be with him and hang out with him because he could possibly be his only friend at the moment. Mm-hmm. The way that Cassidy's seeing it, at least. So, um, well, I think that his line of, I, well, I just want a friend was actually hit home with him. Yeah, because Cassidy also just wants a friend that's not going to give up on him yeah. and kick him out. Here's this guy who supposedly has all these abilities. He's got the, all these people that are worshiping him and, and doing whatever he wants, and yet uh, he, all he wants is someone that he can relate to mm-hmm. who understands what he's going through. And um, so I think Cassidy finally comes to that realization right, be, right after his uh, crack binge. Yeah, it actually makes Acarius' situation really sad because he's got all these people surrounding him that look up to him and want to be like him, but it's all fake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything he's doing for them is fake. So he actually is a poser. 
Yeah, he is a poser. Mm-hmm. Poser. So Poser. Poser. We do have some listener comments for tonight. Um, Antoinette at Annette16960 said, I love this show and Cassidy flying last night. I was dying. There's other ways to get high. Shannon Bearfield <laughs> said, This show is uh, continuously adding the most outrageously insane characters ever. Of course, that's what they do best. Mark LaVarnway said, my goodness, it just keeps getting better and better. You know how writers typically brainstorm and scatter shoot their ideas and then weed out the ones that are sometimes too outrageous or too controversial or just hijacks the plot? I really want to see the ideas they thought that were too crazy because this is nuts as it is. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) This last one does not have anything to do with Preacher, but instead with um, The Walking Dead. And it is Seth Tillman said... Andrew Lincoln said at several San Diego Comic-Con interviews that Kirkman spoiled his leaving in another interview, and that fueled all the hype, and he wished it had been kept a secret. So he's talking about how Andrew Lincoln is leaving the show in season nine, and he's actually kind of upset that it wasn't kept a secret until the point where his character actually leaves the show, which is what we were talking about a few weeks ago with Scott. Yeah, well, did we not, did we talk about this in the last podcast too? <clears throat> so I think Seth, yeah, I think Seth's reacting um, to what we had been discussing as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that uh, we thought it was kind of ridiculous or maybe questionable. Why would they? Why would they release this one when they never release anything? Like, why don't they use this as kind of the big surprise? Oh yeah, we were talking about it last week. Yeah, with Ross. Um, so yeah, I mean, somehow it got released, and so Andrew Lincoln wasn't exactly happy about that happening either. The, so ex- the, the producers and bigwigs of the show seem to spoil more shit than anybody else. And they get pissed off when the actors spill. Mm-hmm. When, and they're not even allowed to because they have that gag order on them. But then the executive producers and whatnot spills shit. And, like, there's no consequence? Well, no. The consequence is their name gets put into a headline. Like this one. <laughs> And then they get on podcasts and Twitter and all this other kind of stuff. People talk about how did they do that? Well, Kirkman and then people are like, "Oh yeah, Kirkman. True. Kirkman. He's the inside guy. He knows everything." I'm gonna follow Kirkman. Well, it just sucks for someone like Andrew Lincoln, who's been on this show from the very beginning, and he's making this grand exit, and his character is the most important character on the entire show, and it gets gets screwed up like it is. Yeah, like that's like such a letdown. So disappointing for him as an actor. That could have been a huge exit. And it's still going to be a a big exit, but it's not going to have the impact that it could have had. Well, and you have people like me who is like blaming it on him. Like maybe he wanted them to to say something about it. Right. Which is not the truth. Next week on Preacher, season three, episode seven. Hitler. Yeah, I'll. No, don't. Don't go there, Kim. (laughs) Jesse, Tulip, Grandma, and Star form an uneasy partnership to avert apocalypse. Cassidy learns to love Acarius, but at a cost. Hmm. I wonder what that cost is. I don't know. Maybe the guy won't let him leave. Whatever. He's a vampire. He can leave whenever he wants. Maybe he has to hang out with Dong. And <laughs> teach him. Yeah. Teach him the ways of the Dark Lords. Yes. Where is my automobile? <laughs> 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 ah, that's funny 
All right. If you guys would like to write to us, you can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. And you can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting sites. And our good friend, Mark LaVarnway, I just want to say congratulations to him because he welcomed his twin grandbabies into the world a few weeks ago, and they were born premature, but they seem to be doing very, very well. So I just want to say congratulations to Mark and his family, and continue doing well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.